Welcome every single soul to your all-time favorite podcast in the world and arguably the most useful, as it has been said, um, Persuasion School is the name of it. That's what this is called. This is Persuasion School. And if this is your first time, very grateful that you have arrived and that you're checking us out today. My name is Jake Savage. Quick background on me. First off, you can read my bio in whatever platform that you're listening to. I've got a little blurb there. Uh, but the the snapshot here is that I'm a former door-to-door salesman. I knocked on about 100,000 doors over the course of several years. Then I helped launch a sales startup with some other amazing people. My job there was to build and train a team of salespeople nationwide. And I was a president for the last three years. We hit some pretty fun milestones together. Like we made the Inks list of the 500 fastest growing companies in the nation twice. And then this year in 2021, I transitioned out of that role because I have been wanting for years now to work with nonprofits that are fighting uh, anti or fighting trafficking. They are anti-trafficking organizations and fighting sex trafficking. So now I leverage all that corporate sales experience that I've gained over the last decade and a half, and I help nonprofit fundraisers win bigger donations. So that's what I'm doing now. And then, of course, through this podcast. We teach the masses how to be more persuasive, how to be more effective communicators so that you can get more of the things that you want in life. Whatever it is, maybe it's just speaking more confidently in your everyday conversations, or maybe it is trying to influence somebody to take action. Maybe it's a people group, or maybe it's just your partner, your kids or whatever, or it could be negotiating, selling, fundraising, getting somebody to go on a date with you, all those fun things. So if you are looking to level up your ability to communicate with other people. You're in the right place. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, so today's Thursday. That means that one of two things are going to happen. One, I've possibly put together a lesson on uh, or based on the 15 years of sales or something from psychology or something from neuroscience for us to dive into, or I've interviewed somebody awesome doing amazing things and we learn from them how they communicate and how they persuade others and influence other people to take action, which is the case for today. We've got an awesome interview with a woman named Lisa Caprelli, who is the author of a best-selling kids book series, Unicorn Jazz Kids Book Series, and now Amazon Prime TV show. So we're going to dive into that in just a second. So that, that's what's going on today. And if you're new here, we have two more shows during the week. Monday, of course, is Monday Q&A. So I am answering questions that have come through from the listeners about communication. Uh, except this past Monday, somebody asked me, they were, they were curious to know how, before I made this full-time transition to podcast and nonprofit consulting, how I was managing both my job and calling at the same time. So that was kind of a fun one to dive into. So that was this past Mondays. And then on Wednesday, it's pretty informal. That's a different segment because we had listeners wanting to learn a little bit more about my life, what's going on, what I'm focused on, fun stories from the past, all that good stuff. So typically, my wife, Alexa, and I will try a different whiskey. I'm not a connoisseur, but... I do love bourbon and rye and scotch. So we'll, we'll try a different whiskey and dive into some fun topics. And then yesterday, my my wife was at work. I had my brother sub in. I've mentioned before in this podcast, uh, I think on an episode where I talked about the importance of humor, I mentioned that both of my brothers are far funnier than I am. Could probably be stand-up comedians. 
uh, and they have their own brand of humor. And so Andrew, one of my brothers, filled in for Alexi yesterday, and we had a great time. And so Andrew's actually on this 30-day cleanse, um, which like tied in well with drinking whiskey. He he uh, made an exception for for us, for you guys, really. But he's on a 30-day alcohol cleanse, uh, so he he walked us through some of the, these new habits he's forming through mental and physical cleansing, as well as a breathing exercise to help us get into a more calm uh, mind space, essentially. So that was, I was not expecting that, but we had a great time. So that, that's kind of the structure of the show, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's how it goes. And also, real quick, before we jump into the interview, I wanted to um, let people know that on June 16th, that is a Wednesday, I'm going to be hosting a live workshop for Persuasion School listeners. We have never done this before. The reason why I'm doing this is because I released one episode several months ago on how to use some of these persuasive communication techniques to uh, influence your boss to give you a raise and how to negotiate a raise. And unexpectedly, I mean, I figured people might be into that because everyone wants a raise, but uh, that that episode has been probably the most popular episode. And since then, I've had multiple people reach out wanting to work with me for like a one-on-one coaching session just to help them map out a game plan. And then they've gone back to their bosses, used that game plan in negotiated raises, some even after their bosses told them it would not be possible or it was against policy. They still went back and got it. And more and more people are reaching out asking about this. So we're going to host a, a three-hour live workshop. It's 99 bucks, And, and the, what we're going to do here is just get into the nitty-gritty of everything. We're going to start from A to Z, from preparation before you even you know get ready to start thinking about going into talking to your boss, then actual some of the phrasing, like what you can say, and then as well as rebuttals. So what happens if your boss says no? How do you overcome that and let that not be the end of the story and keep going? And then if your boss agrees to give you a raise, but it's not quite what you wanted, we'll go into negotiation techniques too. And there will be plenty of room throughout the entire workshop for Q&A. That way we can tailor these principles to your specific situation so that you can get the most out of it. So 99 bucks, obviously a major ROI if uh, if you end up landing a raise worth, uh, worth a couple grand. So that's going to be June 16th. Super excited for that. Already have had a handful of people sign up. Man, it's going to be fun. I'm going to get to meet a lot of you guys in person. So I'm looking forward to that. If you want to sign up, here's how. The link is in this, this the show notes for this episode. So whatever platform you're listening to, the little snapshot bio thing of you know, what this episode is about, you can click a link in there that takes you straight to the signup uh, page for the workshop, or just go to my website, persuasionschoolpodcast.com, and then hit the button that says workshops, and you'll be able to navigate from there. Uh, under listener workshops, it's the only one listed right now. So looking forward to that. All right, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my interview with Lisa Caprelli. Enjoy. All right, well, first off, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. I'm sitting down here with Lisa Caprelli. Lisa, you've got an extensive background. You are, if I've got everything right, background in social psychology. You studied that. Yes. At a couple yes. different schools. Um, different schools to complete my social psychology degree. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. UTSA went to Park University. You know, 
anything to get it done. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So from there, you went on to, you did a couple different things in your career. You hosted a talk show, radio talk show for about eight years, which is exciting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I, I probably got plenty of things that I could learn from you. Uh, and yeah. then from there now, you are uh, a writer of a best-selling kids book series called Unicorn Jazz. And you've got, yes, which I'm excited to get into. So you've turned that into an Amazon TV show, right? On Amazon Prime. Yeah. 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 It's amazing what silver lighting can be since the pandemic, as it has been for many. So um, my show is called The Thing I Do, which is also a book, a children's book, The Thing I Do, and a song, The Thing I Do. So um, Unicorn Jazz in my first book, and she's the main character in all the book series, I created her kind of like to be a brand, like Hello Kitty, Mickey Mouse, Unicorn Jazz. She has a musical note for a tale, as I point out to children when I go into schools and speak to them, you know, all these like assembly style, like think of back when you were in elementary school and a a speaker would come. So I go into schools and speak to the whole school. Um, I do it Zoom now virtually until we go back into school again, which I can't wait. Uh, (laughs) And um, so she's the, the... the main character, but it was important for me to to introduce other characters, which are, are her animal friends, so that the kids can identify with personalities and mm. and really wanted to get into reading, um, social emotional learning uh, that the books provide. Yes, and that was something I was excited to dive into because you're you're teaching kids social and emotional empathy through this book series, and I mean this is something that should be taught in schools nationwide. I'm so shocked that it's not. And that's why we have so many adults today that are struggling yeah. to be able to yeah. communicate effectively. Yeah. 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 Communication. I mean, think back to when you were as, you know, as young as kinder first grade, and these are words that didn't exist. Social emotional learning. They have, they are really popular among teachers and educators. And in fact, before my books, you know, got big per se, I had a library, a principal friend at an elementary school that she's, she pointed out in, that that's what the category was going to be and, and that was going to prevail among, among other categories mm-hmm. into the pandemic. And now everyone wants social emotional learning books, uh, which cover things like kindness, happiness, love, joy, you know, feelings, social emotional learning. Yeah. It's also called social emotional intelligence. So because my background is in social psychology and I really spent my life studying human behavior, I was a shy kid in class. I think of the shyest one when you were growing up, that was me, my whole, probably until high school. So what got me out of that was reading more, learning more, learning from others. Obviously education is always gonna teach us more things. Like to be here and speak on this, on your amazing show, to speak to kids and not have stage fright anymore. It's, that's like a huge milestone for me in itself. Hmm. Why? So what caused that transition? You, you said reading and learning, but something something else had to have, have changed. It's kind right? of like the saying, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And um, when I, I moved to California 20 years ago now from Texas, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I would still say I was more on the introverted side. Um, coming here, I realized, like, to get ahead, you have to really use your voice. You have to be your own spokesperson for yourself. I mean, mm. uh, when the children's book series came out and the idea for it um, just three years ago, because my background was 25 years in marketing and branding. And like you said, early on, I did radio shows and, and wrote the messages. So it was really writing. Writing is what got me here. My, I can, I always, I often say to the younger kids that my only voice was on paper. Back then we had paper, we didn't have computers. (laughs) (laughs) 
So um, I was shy like Unicorn Jazz. In the first book, she moves to a new land in search of new friends. She feels like she doesn't belong. And the animals say they don't understand her. They don't, she doesn't look like them. And it was, it was, it was easy for me to think of a unicorn, which are by the way, a global iconic symbol. Hmm. And you see kids of all ages, all genders wearing unicorns. And I was, I knew that when, uh, you know, there was a lot of vision that went into the brand from the very beginning. So she feels like she doesn't belong till she meets a character named Wolf the Crow. So I I always say, imagine uh, uh, having a name that a dog should have to the kids. Because again, all of this is like, we're, we're all different. He's proud that his name is Wolf. Hmm. And he uh, he believes in her because she her special talent is she sings. Nobody knows that because she's shy. So I wanted her to have a special talent. I personally don't sing, but I do admire singers. Yeah. So a lot of backstory goes into the children's songs that I've now developed, written, and stuff for the, the, the thing I do show. And so for me, I, I knew I wanted it to be a cartoon series. The first book is already into a, a screenwrite play. Um, and it could be used in theaters. There's so much that I put into the brand, my heart and soul, really. But with the big vision of, of incorporating different people, teamwork, my illustrator, it was his dream to be a published illustrator. And now he is, and he does oh, other wow. work. So for me, uh, bringing out the talent of other people, that's the thing I do. The thing I do is the thing you do. The thing you do that we all need each other to make something bigger than what one idea can be. Sure. And that requires persuasive communication. I mean, in that sense, you've got to get buy-in for your idea. You've got to influence people to take action, right? And that's something that you learned coming from somebody who was shy originally, sort of breaking out of that shell. And and asking for help. Asking. I've had people, I have a a small team of people that helped me turn my characters into puppets. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, because I couldn't go into schools, uh, just like many people in the artist and entertainment couldn't do their thing. That's when I said, I'm going to have to do a show. And I knew I could figure out things. There was things I didn't know. Um, and so then I could get on green screen, do little shows, put music to these Sesame Street tiles. So the thing I yeah. do is a modern day Sesame Street. I say meets Mickey Mouse Club where people can send in their content, meaning the young kids. What happened is all these kids, like Broadway kids, uh, professional kid actors, acting since they were four, I started connecting with through social media. And mm-hmm. I knew that they had the time and talent to do something I, that's bring happiness to kids, you know, during the pandemic, something we all could do. And so I really spent probably more time in my life during the pandemic working on this, what I'm doing now with that, with the thing I do is about to launch this summer in a season of five, there's short episodes because kids have a small attention span and I've studied that. So so they're, they're quick paced. I work with these professional kids that we call now our Unicorn Jazz Kids Club. And kids like hearing from kids more than me. I'm more the director. I, I rather be a puppet, by the way. So when you hear, I said, well, I, how do I do this on, on a low budget? I'll be Unicorn Jazz. Yeah. Uh, my son now, who's a nurse, is now Ziki, and he's actually very entertaining. And I just get people to help and, and people want to help and they want to be part of something bigger. You know, baby, I started, started out of someone's garage hmm. and, and it went on to be a, a huge brand. So I have some big hopes and visions and it, I do need the help of many people to keep going, but it's something that, that we don't stop doing because people see the big picture. Yeah. 
No kidding. And we have plenty of baby Einstein stuff around our own house. So I, I, I definitely see that vision and how it came to life. It's it's all over the place now. They've done a fantastic job and love that you're pursuing a similar path. All right. So you're you're teaching social and emotional empathy to kids. I would love to learn a couple yeah. of the things that you're teaching kids because I think they're going to be applicable to adults. I watched one of your episodes before jumping on uh, of the thing I do, which is on Amazon prime. If people want to check it out, if you've got kids and it was like um, this news series where it's like a live happiness news. Happiness <laughs> news. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like these puppets talking and then the, the anchor. Yeah. There you go. The sock puppet, the news anchor was interviewing somebody else. And he told that person, Hey, this is live. And that, that person was nervous. Like, Oh my gosh, this is live TV. What do I do? And the news anchor was like, just pretend like no one else is, is watching. I remember watching. that was me. And that was me. Yeah. I mean, and, I thought that was a valuable lesson already. Right? Yeah. No. And, and again, it's things I, that helped me. And I, I have to say, as much as I hated growing up shy and not being the cool, popular kid, I, you know, I was smart and I did right. Because what do you do when you're not talking? You're thinking, you're observing the world. So I really... You know, we grow up in life and we we become who we're supposed to be. Um, unique. We're all we're all unique. That's why the unique unicorn jazz. Uh, mm. uh, we're all supposed to be unique. And now I do celebrate. I I thank God that I grew up shy. That I didn't talk. That I was watching the world because I wouldn't even be this person I am today. When when people say, "How do you do all these things?" It's it's a loaded question. How did you get all these kids? A, a, a lot of asking, a lot of reaching out, a lot of showing the vision, what we're doing. You have to show it. If you go to our Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, whatever people's uh, method of watching things, YouTube or Amazon Prime now. Um, and, you know, we hope to get on, on big networks. And and um, so I appreciate a show like you're sharing the message and you even saying, um, you know, the content that you're watching. So we pay attention to that so that we could deliver positive, fun messages. I mean, I grew up with Sesame Street. I love Sesame Street. Their lessons and their songs today, I can still remember them. Mm. And so I wanted to do that in a modern way with, you know, a homegrown studio with people who have their homegrown studios. Um, the pandemic taught us all to use Zoom in a way, right? Or some form of, of technology. So uh, all of that lends its way to for my vision of putting it all together where we don't have to all meet in a studio. We can just look, I mean, look, you and I, we're connecting and we're in different locations. Yeah. Yeah. So just being adaptable too on the fly when it comes to building your business, being entrepreneurial. Um, all right. So there's a lot of good stuff here. Let, let's talk about like some of the actual principles that you're teaching these kids. Like what are some ways that you teach them how to be empathetic it's, it's through story, well through storytelling i mean go back to your childhood and when you're reading stories and you know in in elementary school um they're they're they're, they're pushed to read picture books it's fun picture books are are like the movies in your head before you start watching movies mm -hmm. so there's the storytelling and messages there's so many hidden messages in all of them the older you get and yes adults do love them um, and it's about belonging in the first book, Unicorn Jazz, belonging, feeling, you know, uh, standing up for someone. I tell kids, maybe your teacher, your parent is your wolf, the crow. We mean someone that believes in you. And we all need someone that believes in us. And I can pinpoint to my grandmother believing in me as I got older, as a coworker, a boss believing in me. I say, hey, maybe you're a wolf, the crow to someone. Maybe you believe in someone. And to this day, I mentor interns. I work with all kinds of people and I believe in them. And we all need that. Think of who you need to, needed to believe in you, Jake, to 
to do your podcast show. You, you, we need that. We need that affirmation. So there's all these things that we can do, which is is being part of a human race, being kind. So in this book, uh, ICU Choosing Kindness, again, a lot of meaning goes into this. Um, and even though like the cover looks like an eye chart and because and, yeah, this like book, that. it's about, it's not necessarily about wearing glasses, but I grew up wearing glasses and I was poked and made fun of. So of course, put that in there. And you know, at least 50% of people wear glasses, if not more as they get older. So uh, in this story, uh, we made a butterfly, the bully, Billy Bob butterfly bully. Cause we, you know, he's this, a butterfly's little. So it's showing that, you know, you could be any size and, and be, you know, the good guy or good guy or the bad guy per se, the, the antagonist. This page, I, I know your listeners can't see it, but there's a page that we put so much psychology into it. Um, and the, it's, I'll read it to you. The bully said, look who's back. It's Mr. Four Eyes. You can call me names. Glasses are cool, said Wolf. And then there's a thought bubble. What I wanted to say was, look at you. Your socks don't match. But instead, I chose kinder words and said, I like my new glasses because now I can see your colorful socks. So this page, I'll, we refer to my household all the time. It's, of course, there's t- we want to say what's in our head, the thought bubble in our head. And maybe, you know, kids or adults can say that. And then you can catch yourself saying, how can I reply with kinder words, especially in a world today where there's many people hurting? There's, there's, not every day is perfect. Not everyone jumps out of bed and is happy and, you know, all day long. There's things that happen. There's circumstances. But how can we choose a better way, a better not kind message? So that was that one. Yeah. Uh, and being happy with unicorn jazz and friends. I, oh, everyone loves this book, even adults. It's, it's like a love is book. Love is is copyrighted, so I couldn't do it. Otherwise, I would have called this love is. So I, the next okay. best thing is being happy. Being happy is still a loving thing to do for yourself and others. So I took pictures of what I went back to my childhood and said, what are things that make me happy? And by the way, everything in this book is free. To Playing imagination, dancing with friends, that's free. Get, get bringing your teacher flowers, you know, nature. Enjoying camping and s'mores, telling jokes you know, making someone laugh. Uh, when I show a page of, of the mom, the mom unicorn and unicorn jazz baking, I often say, who here likes to bake or has someone who likes to bake for them? Everyone. So it's almost like, and, and then I encourage them to think about what makes them happy. You know, someone reading to you, wouldn't that make you happy? Hey, it would still make me happy if someone read to me. Playing, watching the sunset. And the point of this book um, is to then encourage them what makes them happy and they do. Then when I go into schools, I have um, free educator resources for all teachers and parents, anyone beyond the book. And so they can make their own being happy. And, I, and when I go into schools, it just lights up my face because they have, they'll, schools will put up banners of hundreds and hundreds of what their being happy is by the kids and even the adults. And that's that's what I wanted with that book. Yeah. Sending great messages out to students and kids everywhere, but also the adults that are reading that. I really love that. And even something stood out to me about the, the previous book where you were talking about how the character had a thought bubble and wanted to say something else that was mean. There's a great quote. I'll have to look it up afterwards yeah. so we can give yeah. the person credit. But I'm sure that I think the quote is something like between stimulus and response there's a choice that we have Mm. and we have the option to react in like a negative way, which is, well, your socks are different color 
or we can respond in a positive way, but we have a choice in between the stimulus and what comes out I of our like mouth. I like that, yeah. Yeah, and so I'll most people that. most people don't realize that we have that choice. You know, they just <laughs> let whatever comes out, comes out. But I, I want to tie that into you because I, I'm going to make an observation. Let me know if I'm off the mark here. But yeah, yeah. you being someone who had all those years of being shy, being reserved, I would, I feel like maybe that would help you get into the habit of considering a response before it comes out of your mouth. Like being, yeah, it just, yes, yes and no. Um, as an adult, I probably need to stop and, and pause. <laughs> so, okay. okay, okay. Um, uh, it does. And, and, you know, I'll, one thing that perspective, I, I find a lot of grownups don't realize that we all have a different perspective. Sometimes people don't know how they show up in the place of work. You know, certainly, you know, this comes from a young age. If nobody gave you constructive feedback on, hey, when you say that, it made this person feel this way. Well, I had three sisters. There's no way we do not give each other constructive criticism. At <laughs> we were always aware of each other's behavior and what it produced. Nobody really, really wants to intentionally hurt anyone. Like, think about it. Does anyone really want to, like, I want to hurt that person. I want to hurt that person. I want to make that person feel bad that's, that's very rare that we would want to take that responsibility, but so it's almost like, like a, your actions have consequences. Your actions will produce a behavior. That behavior has consequences, positive, negative. So um, I feel like having sisters and and a family that we did that. And and again, we, we grew up very poor. We grew up almost to, you know, we, we were really voted one of the poorest um, families at one point in in El Paso. And that's another story. But um, so I empathize when I go to schools like um, that are uh, lower socioeconomic level schools, title one schools. In fact, some of those schools, again, I believe in no child being left behind, whether, you know, I, I do charge for author visits and sometimes I waive it or, or I find a sponsor. I'll tell you, sometimes when I'm in the schools, uh, I'm a Latina and, and I, maybe they invite, I identify with my story, but sometimes I'll end up selling more books at those schools than at the other schools. So I, yeah. I, I, you can't judge a book by its cover and what you're doing and helping people. Yeah. Do you think that uh, you may sell more books in those schools? Because it, I'm just also going off of an observation yeah. here. But, you know, for me, persuasion, sales, it's a transference of emotion. Do you feel like maybe you're more emotional in those schools because you relate to that population better? Absolutely. So you're like bringing your your book to life and almost like transferring that emotion where they want to buy it more? Possibly. Um, it's, it could be, it could be, yeah, my upbringing, it could be that um, I can relate to them, you know, with a lot of kids being shy. And even if, if they're not the shy ones, I still relate that if you're the, the opposite of shy, you know, more extroverted, or maybe yeah. you're in the middle is, it's still, it's like embrace each other's differences and, and be glad that we're all different because we need someone to grow up to be the engineer. We need someone to grow up to be the podcast guy. We need someone to grow up and run the restaurant and all, you know, be the YouTuber. We, we really need each other. And that's what the thing I do is about hmm. is we all need each other and to celebrate and be interested in what other people do, not just yourself. Yeah. And I certainly, I'm constantly always interviewing people in their profession, whether it's, I have friends in all walks of life, firemen, teachers, medical, and how things work is important. And I get to now teach that to, to kids um, through the show. Um, when we have so much to teach, we just have to keep creating seasons. But to answer your question further, do, do kids relate to me? I mean, possibly because I'm able to say I came from nothing and I live here in California, five blocks from the beach. And, 
And I never saw an ocean until I was 17. So, you know, when I go to a school that's local, they can't say that. So they're not going to identify with that. And they're not going to identify that to them. They just, yeah, I guess maybe it's just, I don't want to say take it for granted. Like it's not a good thing. I mean, they're, I think it's a, it's a great thing if you can grow up in good places and be introduced to the world and new concepts. So for sure, being happy as walking on the beach was going to make my being happy book. And I explain it to them. And, and to me, it's important to be humble, whether, you know, uh, no matter what school or, or kids I'm talking to, I still, I always tell them that, you know, I, I live close to the beach. I'm very grateful, um, but I didn't always grow up that way. So I always bring in my humility so that, you know, you have to, you want people to realize like, like it just didn't get handed to you. Like I worked yeah. for everything I had. Yeah. And so for kids that maybe have, you know, like the, the saying is the silver spoon in their mouth and <laughs> it, they're, it's going to be different. But, but those kids I like to reach again in understanding and knowing that we are all different because maybe they could volunteer. Maybe they can volunteer, you know, in their community and, and give back. Sure. Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense. Hey, I'm curious. I would like to do something as we come to a close here, just because you're, you're incredibly dynamic and you've had this, this background going from in, incredibly shy, probably was not, the most vocal person, right, in class or like in your yeah. groups or anything, to now just like entrepreneur, fierce marketer, businesswoman, you're like <laughs> doing all this stuff. So I would love to hear two things. And um, the, the first would be, if you're an introvert, what's a tip or something that we could keep in mind when trying to maybe persuade an extrovert to let go with our idea? And if you're, so that'll be the first. And then the opposite is, if you're an extrovert, What's a tip or something that we can keep in mind when communicating with an introvert? Since you kind of have both sides. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. People are, are shocked that they think I'm just an extrovert and extrovert. And, and my, I really am. I love to be home and create. That's probably how I'm able to create a lot of yeah. content because I'm happy in my own space. Um, I'll go with the extrovert first. If you're an okay. extrovert to have empathy with an introvert or uh, advice, if you will, um, is to, to really be stop and be interested in someone else, be interested in the one that's the quieter one per se, and ask them questions, be still, mm. take everything else, uh, thoughts out of your head and really be in present into some a message or a question you have. Maybe it's a compliment, maybe you're, I mean, it's very easy just to ask questions. Um, I think that's why like you, I enjoy interviewing people and asking questions. Yeah. Cause you ask a question, a good question, someone's gonna respond. Yeah. So you're getting some dialogue and communication is a back and forth dialogue. If you're an introvert and you need to communicate with an extrovert and, and, to, and typically, and I know this feeling, you can feel, you know, shy or, or am I going to say the right thing? Are they going to, what are they going to think of me? Cause I'm not like them. Um, so um, a tip would be to be bold and brave, like unicorn jazzes and be, you know, uh, share something about you. And, and again, I would be, I would ask the question of them. I'd be like, I would say, Hey, like if, you know, just say I met you, Jake, and I'm in a networking thing and, and I'm more of the shy one. And, and I know what you do. You have a podcast and you have a dynamic background. I would just be like, God, I think it's so cool that, that you're able to, you know, interview people. And aren't you, how do you do that? Does that, do you get stage fried? Do you, you know, and, and be, and now I'm interested in you. Mm -hmm. So it's really to be interested in how, things work and be interested in what other people do and compliment what they do. Cause you know, no one, 
you can never not have enough compliments. No one's going to be like, oh, please don't compliment me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Nobody would ever turn down a compliment. I think that's a great place to start. I also think, like I noticed a theme personally for, for both of the examples, um, for one, taking interest in another person. But the theme I noticed is no matter what side of the fence you're on, in order to like have empathy with that person, for that person, and communicate and possibly persuade them, it's going to require you to get out of your comfort zone. Because for extroverts communicating to introverts, you said, be still. And for introverts communicating <laughs> to extroverts, you said, be bold. Yeah. So no matter what, your your role, your responsibility is get out of get your Get out comfort of your zone. comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Get out of your comfort zone. And, and me, you know, I moved here when I was um, 29 and that was out of my comfort zone. I didn't know anyone really in this whole area. And mm. I just was like, how will I know unless I, I try? And I think yeah. in life, right? How did you know when you started this podcast? Well, there's probably a million reasons that would stop you from doing it, but you don't listen to that voice. You go and do it. Yeah, almost more reasons to stop than, than to keep going sometimes. But all you really need, I guess, is just one one really good reason to keep going. So, and it sounds like you've done that, which is super exciting. So, Hey, how can we keep up with what you're doing? I went and watched the show on Amazon Prime. Yes. And there's going to be more this summer and we constantly really now content. If you go to unicornjazz.com, it's very easy to find all our social media, Instagram, Facebook. And I'm, I'm very good at writing back to anybody um, who writes on there. I do have a small team and growing um, but Unicorn Jazz, I mean, it's it's very easy to find. Um, our show's called Unicorn Jazz, The Thing I Do. Unicorn Jazz presents The Thing I Do um, on Amazon TV. We have that one uh, pilot episode, and hopefully by the time this is out, we'll have a whole five out, uh, five episodes, which is our, our season. And, uh, you know, I'm we're doing so much to grow rapidly to get it, to make Unicorn Jazz a, a national and one-day global name. And it will happen. It's just, yeah. and we need people to believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the belief. Well, it sounds like you're on an amazing track and just grateful that you took the time to sit down, share with us your vision, but also share just your, your expertise and experience. Yeah. And you know, you hear all those stories that I'm proof you could do anything you want when you put your mind and vision and execution and team to it. And, and that's really what Unicorn Jazz is about. I just happen to be a spokesperson for it. Um, I believe me, if someone else could have been a spokesperson, I'd be supporting them. Yeah. Um, but all these things that go on in my head, I, I just, I said, if, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I, I have to do it. And, mm. and I'm no longer shy. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's great. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. I love that. Awesome. Cool. Well, Lisa, thank you again so much. Wishing you success in your journey. Thank you, Jake. I look yeah, forward to following your great work, work and, and seeing all you do. Cause I know it takes a lot of passion and dedication and commitment to, to host a show. Um, and I really respect that a lot. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Lisa. Guys, that's it. Hope you enjoyed my interview with Lisa Caprelli. I just thought it was, I mean, for one, man, we really do need to be teaching these principles in schools nationwide. I believe that wholeheartedly. There are so many adults that are walking around without these elementary skills of being able to have empathy towards other people. And there's, there's a lot that we can learn from, from the books that, that Lisa's writing. So uh, awesome to hear that kids are, are starting to, to gain some of these skills. But there were just a few things that stood out I wanted to share as we close out right now. One, I really love that saying that she said, which was, if it's meant to be, 
it's up to me. I had never heard that before. Um, so I thought that that was pretty impactful. The other thing that she, that stood out to me was when, when people were asking her, like, how did you get these kids from Broadway to be a part of your Amazon prime TV show? Uh, you know, you'd think that that would be pretty difficult. These like little influencer kids, I guess that are on Broadway, but just her response of like being humble and asking people for help, but also making sure to share your vision as much as possible. She said, you have to show your vision to people everywhere and then ask them to help him that people often want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So if you've got a vision or a dream, but you're not telling anybody about it, and I, you could be setting yourself up for failure, share that vision. People, you might be surprised with how much people want to help. Uh, and then I mentioned that I was going to look up that quote that I referred to earlier. And it's actually from a guy named Viktor Frankl, who I thought that's where it was from, but I couldn't quite remember. Viktor Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust. And he wrote a, an amazing book that I read a few years ago, a few years ago called Man's Search for Meaning. And so he was the one that had that quote. And the correct version is, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is the power to choose our, resp- our response. And then in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Interesting that in our response lies our freedom. So powerful stuff that Lisa is teaching the kids. I, I love through that little thought bubble Um, you know, the character, instead of just snapping back with something mean to the bully, the character thought for a moment before responding in a positive way. This is without a doubt, one of the most important aspects of communication, managing our emotions. It's oftentimes when our emotions get the best of us, that our conversations go awry, no matter what it is. I mean, being persuasive doesn't have to just be like trying to influence somebody to to take action. It could just be like getting your message across more effectively. And it's difficult for us to get our message across effectively when we are emotional, right? So just taking that time to pause, to reflect and think about what you're going to say next. That, I mean, more times than not, that's going to help you be more persuasive. If you can just slow it down a little bit, take a few breaths before responding, um, versus just letting letting the reaction happen, sort of like the knee-jerk reaction, which for most of us is not good. We're human beings. Our knee-jerk reaction oftentimes is to is to uh, retaliate, you know, when we when we feel attacked. So, anyways, I could probably go on for forever, but I really enjoyed that interview as as well as all the principles that she's teaching these kids, and obviously there's plenty for us to learn as well. So. We'll go ahead and close out there. Guys, if you're looking for more content on persuasive communication, catch me on Instagram. I'm usually posting videos, reels, photos, stories, whatever, like little little bits and pieces just to help, uh, I guess little bits and pieces that can serve in your, your tool belt for uh, your persuasion tool belt, we'll call it. So it's at It's Jake Savage if you want to catch me there. And that's also the best place to reach me. Just send me a DM if you've got a question. I've been hearing from more and more listeners from around the U.S., some in other countries, which is something I love. Just love interacting with you guys. So go ahead and feel free to reach out there. If you have a question that you want answered on Monday Q&A, that's the best place. You can always send it in through the website to persuasionschoolpodcast.com. You can drop me a line. I will see it. All right, last two things. One... 
ratings and reviews. I know podcast hosts are always begging for this, and it's oftentimes annoying to hear a podcast host uh, begging people to go rate and review their show. So I'm going to do it. Um, I, I I think that these are very important, not just for my ego, but also because you're going to help other people get more of what they want. If you're somebody that's got value from the show, when you rate or review the show, the podcast algorithm gods start to make Persuasion School more visible to others when they're searching through, looking for a new show to listen to. So if you're somebody that's getting more deals, donations, getting people to go on dates with you, feeling more confident in your conversations, negotiating raises for yourself, help other people do the same thing just with a quick review or rating. It can even be a one-liner. You don't have to write a full story or paragraph. Just a one-liner. The algorithm does not care. So food for thought would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Same as the future listeners. They would also appreciate it. And then lastly, as we close out, I've mentioned this on just about every episode. My wife, Alexa, and I are passionate about fighting human trafficking. This is a crazy underground industry. It's the second largest criminal industry in the world, but it's the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. And it's not just outside of the U.S. It's a $150 billion business nationwide. And I think it's like $18 billion here in the U.S. That's bigger than most of the, the big brands and companies that you're familiar with. So we're trying to take it down. Why not, right? Like we believe that this can come to an end in our lifetime and we want to we try to fight that. So if you're somebody that wants to get in on the good fight against trafficking. You've heard about it before. You've seen these things. You've read news headlines, but you've never maybe taken a step just because maybe there are too many options to choose from in terms of where to give your money or you weren't sure where to start. You can actually donate right through our website. We pass through every cent that comes through to our partners, both here in the U.S. and abroad that are focused on um fighting through methods of prevention, rescue, and restoration for the survivors, all kinds of stuff so you can help make an impact when you donate. And again, persuasionschoolpodcast.com. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your Thursday, Friday weekend. We'll catch you on Monday for Monday Q&A. Adios. Adios.